Welcome back to A Corked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm stoked to jump on the mic today with a old, dear, crazy, wild-ass mountain man friend who we all know as Christian. Christian and his wife, Charlotte, are the co-founders of Endurance-Specific Coaching. They reside just outside of Whistler, British Columbia, yet have come to us from the other sides of the pond. And they're up for crazy challenges in life. If you get a little glimmer of how they spend their days, you'd think, what are these wild humans doing? And it's the little glimmers of their day in and day out actions and habits and the ways in which they go about life that made me want to reach out and say, will you come and riff on the pod and tell me about these little moments because they're really good at really big moments. And whether that is supporting their sweet, uh, almost teenage son to chase some crazy mountain biking dreams, if it's their own adventures, be it in the endurance space as triathletes or ultra runners, they're not young pups and they're still going for it. And so for all of us that are no longer in our 20s or 30s, these are two very inspiring humans. Today, unfortunately, I don't have wife Charlotte on the pod. I do have a husband, Christian, and he's here to riff on, as I like to call it, the Christian method of life. And I hope you enjoy. Well, giddy up indeed. Welcome to the pod, you wild, crazy ass adventure mountain man that you are. Christian, I'm super pumped that you said yes. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Steph. I really appreciate being on. It's going to be fun. It is always fun to riff with you because you are just the man that is on no mediocre gray scale. You are the farthest end of the spectrum. And I want to riff on the skinny branches, the, the skinny goals, the skinny way of life. And by skinny, I mean, I don't necessarily mean physically. I just mean like the out there, the, the new perspectives. But before we go there, can you please tell our listeners, Christian, who are you? Who are you in 2024? <laughs> That's a big question. More question, but a big question. I don't know. I'm just a guy trying to navigate life with a rad wife and a rad kid. You know, it's, you know, I could put myself down, you know, or this is what defines me, you know, or any cliche, but really it's just, I'm someone, I love experiences. I like to get comfortable being uncomfortable Mm. and um, I love having fun with people I enjoy being around. Yes. Okay. You have an accent, um, yet we are currently recording on Canadian soil. Can you tell us where you have come from and who were you before you became the Canadian that you are today? Not quite Canadian yet. Eh? Okay. Okay. Uh, still working on the accent. <laughs> I, don't think, I live in Australia. It's never going to go away. That's true. Uh, from Australia. Uh, spent most of my life there until mm. actually I come to Canada the first time in it was 1994, I believe. And uh Went to Whistler for two weeks, fell in love with it, didn't want to leave, had to leave, came back the next year. And that's actually that following year is where I went to Whistler, couldn't stay in Whistler because there just wasn't any accommodation or jobs. Or actually, I had a job, could get accommodation, but not for my friends and that that were coming. So mm. bought a Volkswagen Combi, had another mate come in and then drove over to Banff. That was good because that's where I met Charlotte. Oh, so. Right on. 95. We didn't get together then. It was a little bit after that, but yeah. Fair enough. Now, in the world of sport, what was taking up your time then? That was snowboarding. And that was that was a dream of becoming a, you know, a snowboarder, as in a, yeah. a good snowboarder, a professional snowboarder. And that was early on, but eventually uh, made that goal happen. And uh, that was a focus for quite a while. And uh, okay. got some good experiences. A different Christian back then. A bit more of a punk. <laughs> Uh, young, yeah, 
we can yeah. just leave it at that. Okay. So <laughs> I, I love this because there's different iterations. And for you, different iterations have also has also meant different geographies, different postal codes, as we call them here in Canada. And with that, yes, you've been the punk. And yes, you've been a professional snowboarder. You've also been, and it would be remiss of us to not touch on the impact of yourself, both as an athlete and as a coach in the world of Ironman and what that has meant. Yet, in the name of this podcast, we're going to skip over the triathlon journey just for a hot second and dive into like what it's meant to be uh, the trail runner or the endurance junkie because it's been on foot, it's been on bike. And what has that meant for you and your life and your and your family in 2024? Well, I think there's seasons and reasons in lifetime. And we can look at friends like that too. It's friends for a season, a reason, and a lifetime. And I feel that's the same evolution on the endurance sports. So, you know, I went from being this young-ish snowboarder into falling into the world of endurance sports that we're not really meant to talk about right now, I man. But that kind of, you know, that led to, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be here. Even yeah, though fair. here we're snowboarding, it's yeah. kind of weird that things go full circle. And, and that led to that and many years of doing that. And then we moved here on a, you know, like so many people, we came for a year adventure and, right. um, or I sold it as a year adventure. I don't think I was going home. Um, <laughs> and, and I'd never done a summer in Canada and we did that first summer and I'm like, book, line, sinker, what yeah. a place BC is. I don't want to go anywhere else. We want to live here. And that was that. And with that came kind of like the changes of seasons, right? Mm. So it was like we dabbled in some trail run in Australia. But you know, and you know too well, when you're so myopically focused on a sport and that is your thing and you're trying to reach goals within that sport, trail running scary. You mm. might roll an ankle as a triathlete. You you know, even right. though you're riding on roads with vehicles and everything else, it's, you know, you manage risks and stuff like that, but it seemed like trail was a risk that just was silly to take. Yeah. Uh, and and you missed. And we lived in another fantastic resort town on the Sunshine Coast in Australia, uh, just below Noosa. Great trail running, great, just beautiful nature to be in, yet pounded the concrete, pounded the pavement. But that was the goal. That was the focus. And, and that kind of changed when we moved to the mountains. And yeah. uh, it was very easy, even though I was still in Ironman, and it was a way to find and find a new tribe and connect with people. And, you know, I'm somewhat extroverted. Don't mind a chat. Don't mind meeting people. I do like my quiet time, but you know me well enough. And, you know, just meeting people out there. And then it was just like, there's these trails and the trail network that we have around here is just phenomenal. But at the same time, it's like, well, I need a mountain bike and I need this and doing all these things. Yeah. And I know we'll speak about it here, but that was kind of the seed that kind of runs or is the overarching theme of, of my outlook or my ethos on life and as a coaching company now too. Yeah. So just to be clear, I, I only didn't want to talk about Ironman because I think there's some other interesting things to come, but I would be remiss to not acknowledge that it is a seed that is planted. And the beautiful thing about Ironman that I'll forever look back on is that it was a myopic focus for myself, I can share. Um, yet it there was three myopic focuses at least, swim, bike, run, if not a fourth or a fifth along the way. And everything since then has become a little bit tighter. You know, if you want to be obsessed with trail running, you can't, you, you more or less are missing out on some of the swimming and the running or swimming and the biking rather along the way. And the reason I wanted to jump over that into 
the world of ultra running without properly plugging that you are, you and Charlotte, your rad wife that you mentioned, do have a very cool life challenge coaching business where if you're interested in any form of an endurance activity, reach out to you too. And you found different challenges along the way. The thing with, you know, coming back into ultra running for you, you're not racing every weekend. You're not even racing nearly as much, I'm sure, as you did as triathletes. And yet you still find a way to incorporate different challenges. And I like to call it, I've coined you two, you know, it's the Christian method. And you pick up these different seeds and and nuggets that become a way of life for you. And that almost feels more inspiring, if I can be honest, because it's those day in and day out activities, choices, habits that make you the athlete that you are when race day does come around. And now we will touch on the fact that you've run 200 crazy ass miles. And that's not just one race day. It's like a four day race that has an entire family involved and everyone's freaking out, wondering when you're going to get to the next checkpoint. Yet it's the small challenges. It's the, it's the day in and the day out that I really want to you want you to touch on how do you choose what challenges you take on? How does it really go for you versus me in the peanut gallery watching from the outside? Yeah. Well, again, it comes back to, you know, when snowboarding thing was the thing, it was the thing. And when Ironman was the thing, it was the thing. I think in today's and now, you know, we moved to Canada and there's many things and it's easy to get FOMO because there's so many things. But for me, it's I, I fell into that. I wanted to do, I like why I like some of the challenges because it's it's that do I have what it takes to do this mm. mentally, physically, um, emotionally, um, without it ruining every other aspect of life? You know, there's always compromises. Uh, consistency is everything. And I, f- I feel like when, you know, we're, we've done this and there's so much going on here and stepped away from uh, not coaching Ironman or triathlon, but stepped away from racing it and doing that because I'd reached those, you know, majority of the goals and the big ones I'd reached and I'd met there, but I only got there from... Yeah, there was a good couple of life life lessons. You know, I quit snowboarding because, you know, I could come up with any excuse of injury and this and that, but really the major reason was in my head. And mm. and that voice in your head where you're saying, I suck. When, and then you don't take full responsibility for things. And it was a time in Ironman when stress has got so much and it was getting close. And, you know, it was such a long journey to get success for me than it was for Charlotte. She did things a little bit better and smarter and, you know, didn't rush like a 25-year-old Christian did with ego. But that was some good life lessons. And it took five years to get that Kona goal. But along the way, I hit goals that would never have been imagined at first from my own side of things, like breaking nine hours when my first Ironman was 11 hours, 27. And there's a lot of lessons along the way. And and one of them was just when I wanted to give up because things got overwhelming, I stayed the course and ended up with that result and then ended up with winning an age group and, you know, things that were wild back then. And I take those lessons further, lessons to the athletes, lessons to when I'm going through some other challenges, when I do some challenges and Ultra running came about because it was that 100 miles. Like, can you run 100 miles in the mountains? And I, I can't. The way I'm geared, I don't choose easy. And it's it's kind of funny because if I look back again, you know, people would say like the course I went twice under nine hours in Ironman Western Australia, it's relatively flat. So it's fast. And people think that's easy because it's an easier course. No, you've got to apply. Pre- you know what it's like. It's it's hard to maintain a high output for that many hours, right? So there, there's difficulty in depending on which way we look at it. When it came to I fell in love with running in the mountains. I love being in the mountains. I love starting in the village and getting on top of the mountain. Like, you know, you go through, you're through old growth forest, you're through there, you're suffering, and then you get a little glimpse. 
it's like life. And all of a sudden you get a little glimpse of the subalpine and you feel, oh, I get a second wind. And then you get into the true alpine. You're like, wow, this is just amazing. And you can just be there. And it's really cool to just be there. I have a no music policy. I don't train to music ever. Now, if I was on a trainer indoor, maybe, but I never go and run with headphones ever. I never have done so in a race. In the 200 miler, no. In the 100 miler, definitely not. I like to choose things. So my first one was a mountainous one. It was tough. You know, build is a tough one. And it was exactly what you wanted. There were challenges, challenges to overcome things where you want to give up or give you, you know, choices to be angry at people or give up or, you know, do all these things, but you make these committed decisions. So when we're talking, it didn't matter if it's a massive challenge you've got or just a little daily one. I think the real thing is, mm. is if I make a committed decision prior to the embarkment of this, you're going to do it because you have to look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and then be like, you're accountable to you. Mm. And it's pretty shitty when you look in the mirror and you're like, well, what excuses are there? Mm. You know? You got to point the finger back at yourself and be like, okay. And that, it kind of feels really crappy when you don't fall down on your commitments to yourself. So, Mm. and sometimes it happens. It's life, right? Things get in the way, but it's always trying to overcome that and get through that. And trail running is just, you know, getting into that and having goals around it. And I got into it and I was like heavily into it. It was Christian is all into this thing, all in. And then like for many, COVID happened and that threw out how races went and races got signed up for and then disappeared. And, but it was also at a time I was like, well, there's so much else to do. Mm. Right. So I was kind of okay with the major overriding goal for me in ultra running really was to see if I could get a lottery ticket into Western States endurance run, which is one of the most famous hundred mile run races in the world, North America and California. And it's just one of those things. It's so difficult now to get into. And the more times you get a lottery ticket, it doubles each year. So it seemingly gets easier as you do to get a ticket from the lottery because you've got so many more tickets, but more people are signing up every year into the lottery. So they may only have one, but you know, people with one ticket still get pulled out. So that was that was the goal. And then basically to maintain those tickets, you have to do a hundred mile or a hundred K that's a qualified race each year. And prior to COVID, if you let that lapse, it starts again. They changed, thankfully, on my part, they changed their rules and you could miss a year or two years or three years or whatever and you went back at, and then you did a qualifying race, you went back at the amount of lottery tickets that you had. Awesome. So it had been off my radar and hadn't done it. And then, you know, I knew coming into 2024, it was going to be a really busy year with our kid. Mm. He goes into the, you know, more of a full-on race, downhill race schedule, and we're going to be traveling every weekend of summer and midweeks some too and it's and it's full on and it's awesome and I'm so excited about it so last year was like I had this chance to do something crazy something big and audacious and that was the 200 miler and I when I signed up I had to put myself on a wait list so it I didn't know if that was going to happen was at a certain date it worked and I was working with another athlete and still working with you know a longer term athlete and she was training for or going to enter a race Cord, she'd done the, a smaller version, a smaller version being 168 miles of the full version, which is 260 something miles, called the Winter Spine Race in the UK. It goes up the length of the Pennine Way. Uh, it's phenomenal. So I was like, okay, I'm. we watched a doco on it. 
I'm like, yep, this looks cool. Even though I'm celiac and with celiac, I suffer, I think, from Reynolds and fingers and hands and toes get really, really cold. So then I'm going to go put myself in a pretty cold environment running, you know, that many kilometers, that many miles. Anyway, but I was ready to that next morning. That was it. Made the decision. If I can get on on time in the be the keyboard warrior and be one of those people. And uh, lo and behold, Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, I get an email comes in. You've been chosen off the wait list for Bigfoot 200. So then I'm like seven hours down the road or a flight to the UK, even though we've got family there. But it was just like, which 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 race sung to me? Which filled mm. my heart? And it was like, Bigfoot looks insanely challenging. It's in beautiful terrain. That's me. Mm. So that was, it was an easy choice. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I want to get that done. I want to be, I had a cool, the most amazing crew of Charlotte yeah. and Mac. And uh, it was great. You're it was wild. an adventure. It was an experience. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty cool. I'm going to make sure that we link the podcast that you did with Charlotte about your race in the show notes. So go and listen to that. If you're listening to this podcast, there's so much more behind that cool crew experience called Charlotte Rad Wife Mac rad kiddo and that is epic and that's what we spoke of of like those pretty epic rad moments i'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like our newsletter we call it the corkboard it has all things juicy whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching development or hot new jobs that we're working on the link is in our show notes your inbox is sacred and your time is too so now let's get back to the episode. I want to come back and ask not about a start line per se, but about a challenge in those like daily moments. And it could be yours. It might be someone else. Like you mentioned, athletes inspire these, your wife inspires them. What's a challenge that you look back on that you're really proud of and what did it entail? And I ask you this because you need to know that these small little chunks, and I say small because, you know, to you running consistently for a hundred days might seem small. It's enormous to, mm -hmm. to all of us. And what does it look like? What are the parameters? Um, maybe it's a challenge that you didn't think you'd actually do, or you weren't actually stoked to start. And then you look back and you're like, Hey, we freaking did it. What would be one of one or two of those challenges? Well, the hundred day one last year with Charlotte, I, I never, like I saw it on slow twitch so many times, a hundred day, I run a hundred runs in a hundred days. I don't remember because people try and game, gamify it, right? It becomes a competition. People are running three times. I think you can run three times of the minimum and they accumulate. It gets mm. beyond ridiculous. And I think it goes beyond what it's about. I never, uh, like, it was like mm. no interest. And then Charlotte signed up for it. I'm like, okay, I'll do it with you just for solidarity. And actually, we got so much from it. It was really oh. cool. And this year doing it was just like, and when I signed up on the anything to do it, we're just doing it for ourselves. And and it's kind of cool because it's one of those little, I call it like Chinese water torture. It's like drip, drip, drip is always going to beat the hammer blow to the stone over time. Mm, yeah. Way more consistent and way more changing. Right over time and yeah. so those good little habits and you know at the minimum it's 20 minutes a day it's nothing right. you know you can it can be arctic outflow outside you could have whatever another catch word is these days atmospheric river outside yeah. and we don't have a treadmill so it's out there and doing it and it's just like right. that to me is cool because it's an opportunity opportunity mm. to develop what i call some toughness 
And and I feel that it's kind of manifold. I like doing it because I like challenging myself. I like, I have, you know, Lululemon, when I was an ambassador, they gave me a, a quote in a frame and it says, one of my favorite quotes, the world-class are comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, am I world-class? I don't think so. Do I want to strive to try and be? Absolutely. And it's just that, you know, I think in this day and, well, I don't think I know, we've got so comfortable. Mm. We can set the thermostat at whatever level we want. You know, it, it's ridiculous how much time we spend indoors rather than mm. being outside. And we wonder why there's all these problems, health problems and everything else. We're just not spending enough time outside, enough time in sunlight, enough time in nature and all these things. So I this being okay with some discomfort daily, mm. a little bit of daily adversity training, mm-hmm. I think it it toughens us for when, you know, shit does hit the fan and it, life yeah. does get challenging because it will. Life is yeah. hard. Life is yeah. not always going to be happy and it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows as we know. And life hits hard and it's our yeah. ability to get back up and face it graciously and courageously and mm-hmm. keep moving. And mm-hmm. humans are humans are awesome, mm-hmm. right? Humans can sustain a lot of things, but we also have that gravitational pull towards mediocrity. It's mm-hmm. easy to be lazy because it's just, it's so comfortable. The couch right. is calling. This right. is, I don't want to get out of bed. You know, a yeah. challenge could be just not hitting the snooze button. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a cold plunge. It doesn't have to be running a hundred days, but it has to be, has to give you a gut check, has to do these things and over time. But once it becomes a habit, you need to add something else or change it because it's, it's not really a challenge anymore. Once it's become, you know, a habit, a habit is, yeah. that's easy to yeah. do. You know, it's it's kind of crazy because I feel like I only just started the hundred day run, and this week is going to be day ninety. That's wild, right? and it, yeah. it is wild. And I'm not yeah. stopping. I'm just yeah. not stopping. Okay. One of the things I'm okay. really excited about is yeah. April twenty eight. Why April twenty eight? Because it's the day after April twenty seven, obviously, which is a fifty miler, and not an easy fifty miler. There is so I could hardly walk last year. I did. I did in sixteen miles into the fifty miles. I rolled my ankle pretty bad and tore some ligaments and got through it. Don't want to do that this year, but I was hobbling last year because it's got serious elevation. You are pounding. For anyone that doesn't know, it's not the uphills that kill you, it's the downhills. The eccentric loading absolutely trashes your quads. And that's one thing that needs to be trained to get used to. However, like it's so I want to be why do I want to keep going? Because I'm curious. Mm. I'm curious to see how it feels. I'm mm. curious to see. And then that goes on to I'm curious to see if I can do it after Crazy Mountain 100 in July. I want to, you know, it's just, and that might seem wild. Yeah, it's wild. And audacious, but that's that's where I, where I'm like, there's the challenge. Because yeah. I know I can move through 50 miles. I know I can move through, even though Crazy Mountain 100 is ridiculously crazy. Yeah. Um, and it's in the Crazy Mountains. Um, that's what they're actually called. <laughs> and, but it's cool. It really lights me up. And, but I want to see. I yeah. want to say, I'm curious. I want to suspend yeah. disbelief yeah. and just be curious. And yeah. that's two of those things when people are like, I'm comfortable. I, I feel mm. this pull towards mm. doing something. Mm. Just be curious. Curiosity yeah. didn't kill the cat. Curiosity made the cat. It's a and, good one. And what I like to say to people that don't believe, because I have, I'm blessed with an irrational self-belief. Yeah. Sure, it kicks yeah. me in the ass sometimes. Other people like Charlotte oh, cool. needs other people to help grow that belief. And she's mm. the type of person that I'll believe it when I see it. She'll put the work in and mm. then it'll germinate and all of a sudden, you know, mm. because that's how she was in triathlon. It mm. was like she did her first Ironman, nailed it, second in age group and stuff like that, went to Hawaii, second Ironman, which is, you know, 
bonkers Incredible. and was one step off the podium in a second, you know, for mm-hmm. the world champs and then comes back to go and do the same Ironman that she did a year before in Australia. And I just, I just had this belief of her. So mm. I got a whiteboard and wrote what, sh- what CP can do. And mm. I put swim time, T1, bike time, T2, overall finish time. She looked at it and went, you are off your rocker. Mm. And then she went and did it. Was, it. Yeah, 20 seconds I was off and it was 9.50 something, you know, well out. Like her first, fastest time was 10.29. So it was, you know, and she ended up top 10 overall and as an age grouper in yeah. the pro field, I think she was ninth and obviously qualified again for Kauai, but then decided not to do it, changed the trajectory of her life. And that little thing, yeah. and she was 29, that little thing for someone that was seriously lost, didn't know what she wanted to do with her life, didn't, that made, that it just changed the trajectory yeah. of our life. And yeah. it was amazing. And that was, that was kind of suspend, she suspended disbelief. And that's why right. I want people, that's hopefully my, how I want to inspire people is like, be curious. And just if you don't have that irrational ridiculous yeah. self-confidence that I, and I don't have it in everything, but in the sporting realm, yeah, I pretty much, up for it. I, I'm up for it, right? I'm up for these challenges yeah. and, and learning and doing these things, but some people don't. So for that, I'm like, just be curious and suspend disbelief and just yeah. do, you know, yeah. you know, I, we said it in one of our own podcasts last week is when people feel they have to wait for motivation. Mm. Motivation is fleeting. You know, He's if missed, we wait yeah. for motivation to show up, it's going to be a very stop-start relationship for one. Um, yeah. But action precedes motivation. Yeah, always. And once, you know, the good old Rolling Stone gathers no moss, is yeah. that's it. So you get more motivated yeah. as the more you show up and the more you commit and yeah. the more you show up with intention. I think that's the classic thing because a lot of people show up and never get the results. But if we show up mm-hmm. with intention and then, and I think every time we make a committed decision to doing something, Life will come and hit us in mm. various ways. Yeah. And I believe that's it's not like old Christian would have went, woe is me. Mm. And I always have to fight that. I have this inner, mm. you know, you know, the world is out to get me. And that's something I always have to fight. Mm. And because I know when I have pushed back against that, that that absolute BS mm. and be like, no, you know, what are you putting out? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the world is abundant. Life is abundant if we feel like it that way and we look at it and, and show up with intention, you know, we can get the results that we want. And, you know, those, those challenges will show up just to test your commitment. Mm. Are you actually committed to doing what you said you're going to do? So when we decided to reignite the cold plunging, think a few days, it was a week later, Arctic outflow. The Arctic. Negative 28. Oh gosh. Walking out. It's not a short walk out to the back deck, breaking the ice. Yeah, to get in the thing, it's amazing. And, and then get, getting in and just just being, and it, and it was crazy. Like the first time I did it again, two minutes. Day two, failure, one minute. I oh. just lost it, lost yeah. it, just lost everything. And you lose your breath, yeah. you lose control. And I was yeah. just like, and that beat me up all day. Really, what Christian should have done is just got back in that day and be done uh. with it. And saved so much mental angst. I went again the next day, two minutes. And it's really interesting because Charlotte started doing it a little, had to, you know, guide her a little bit more. And she gets in and then, you know, I get up to finally, I make the decision, the committed decision, like stop it. It's three minutes. You can deal with this. Okay. And and Charlotte's like second day is three minutes, (laughs) right? She's in. She's in. So I was... And, but I had still had an excuse around it. Like I'd keep my hands out because mm. Reynolds, I couldn't use them. So it's my cold. fear was, yeah. and I'll say it, there was a fear that I couldn't, wouldn't be able to use my hands going yeah. to work and doing whatever. Cause yeah. you're shaking like crazy. 
Yeah. But then I just went, you know what? Be curious, lean right. into it, be curious, suspend disbelief. And I haven't not had my hands in for, that was like probably, Deep. you know, two <laughs> weeks within the two weeks. And then it's, yeah. you know, we're day 50 something, 56 or something like that. And, um, so cool. bling, and, I, and you won't be like yesterday I had so much on and I'll do I'll, like this morning I was down there in the morning. Yeah. Yesterday I had to do some stuff on the truck and it was like day got away. I got home after eight and then I'm like straight in the door, got changed straight down there in the dark, got in, Amazing. got my three minutes done, come back out. I have oh. to ask one last question, but I really want to ask two more questions. So okay, you have I'll 60 seconds. I need to know how you've, you've mentioned curiosity and I don't think it's something we riff on enough. We don't consider like, how do you flex your curiosity muscle outside of sport now? And does the physical um, experience allow you, you mentioned, you know, I need my hands for work. So does this physical experience allow you to flex your curiosity in other areas of your life? Because I think people listening, they might not ever run 200 miles, but it's a gift to practice our curiosity, scratching this curiosity muscle. What can you tell there's, me about that? There's there's definitely crossover. So if yeah. you can challenge yourself here, it means yeah. I can be here. And I think we've all been successful somewhere. Right. If we really reflect, we've all been successful somewhere. So okay. someone might have career success, but a 5K scares them. Right. Be curious. Right. Go out there because you've succeeded in a really tough environment here. Right. You've done awesome. It means we can, what, what did you do to do? What did you do? What were some of the habits and processes you did mm. to get successful in your career or as an yeah. entrepreneur, whatever? Use those same things and apply it in the mm -hmm. same, exactly the same way. You're going to have different challenges. You're going to have those things, but the success yeah. is the same. It's showing yeah. up consistently. It's doing it. Mm -hmm. So Mm. That's it. just be curious to it. And if it's yeah. been like, hey, I want to do that, whether it's improving your nutrition, whether it's, yeah. you know, a challenge could be simply drinking enough water with some electrolytes in it every day. Every right? day. Right. Yeah. Most of us walk around dehydrated. <sighs> there is so much to this from like lottery tickets, from suspending disbelief in ourselves. I'm just going to plug like your rad wife, Charlotte, is still an Ironman record holder. So not only did like those races and whiteboard moments change the course of her life, she is she remains an Ironman record holder that is phenomenal. Um, you know, here she is now 50 and still winning races. And both of these things can be true. We can have someone like you who is a coach who has a sense of self-belief that's up for being curious. And there can be other really beautiful, wonderful humans who might need some germination of their seed. And when there's a combination of both, I just imagine this like compost and the worms in the soil that give the nutrients. We need someone who's going to be outlandish and audacious, and we need someone who's going to show up every day, day in and day out, and prove to themselves that it's possible. And I think it's also like, who's in your life being wild and audacious, and who's in your life watering the seed day in and day out. And there's room for us all in the garden. There's, it kind of feels essential. In fact, yeah, you know, we have a kid that's germinated that way has both oh, of us. <laughs> your kid is next level. We could do a whole other pod. I should actually riff with him on the pod. Um, no we're over time. I, I could keep riffing with you. It could have part two and part three, but I can't end this pod without asking you the last question, which is 
in this moment today, the sunny day, we're not in Arctic outflow or atmospheric rivers, but what is making your heart beat faster? Opportunities. We still ah. haven't, our best days are in front of us. Some ah. of our best days are still in front of us. Yeah. That is a deep belief if I've ever heard one. And I think you believe it for yourself. And I feel like you just spoke to me. I'm like, all right, Coach K, my best days are still in front of me. I'm here for it. So we'll make sure the link to endurance specific coaching. And if that means you have triathlon goals, they are still beautiful. We still believe in the power of triathlon changing your life. But what I know to be true is the power of any start line, and that can be a challenge or a put together race has the power to change our lives. And it's a lot more fun to do it with people. And I will plug to do it with a coach. So we will have links to pods, links to find you in Charlotte. And I will also ensure there is a link if you want to follow the crazy 100 plus days of running and everything else that goes along. Because can you just leave us with what is your mantra? your your life motto rather the ethos is the event is life yeah powerful. that is the true event we can sign up yeah. for all these events but the true event is the event is life and that's what we're training for how can we be better yeah, i love it christian thank you for every minute with you it's inspiring it's undeniably inspiring and my curiosity is peaked who knows what's next awesome steph thank you oh hey before you go you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.